Letter Eight of the History of Lady Barton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devora Allen. The History of Lady Barton by Elizabeth Griffith. Letter Eight. Miss Cleveland to Lady Barton. My dear Louisa's agreeable melange gave me infinite pleasure as I am very certain it is an exact representation of her soft yet lively mind. I am sorry the gloomy picture I sent of my own affected you even transiently. Lovers, my dear, are a strange, inconsistent race of mortals, their pains and pleasures so totally dependent upon trifling accidents, and yet so exquisite that they are scarcely to be considered as rational beings. You, who are not of the sighing tribe, will be amazed when I tell you that at the time I received the effusions of your sympathetic tenderness, I had almost forgotten the source of my own distress, and could have cried out with Orestes, I never was unhappy. After this, I think I need not tell you that I had just then received a letter from Lord Hume. He is well, and kind, my sister, but alas, he talks of spending three years on his tour. We are both young, tis certain, but three years are three centuries in a lover's calendar, and should he hold his purpose, I should fancy myself old as a sibyl, or as sibylly before that time may elapse. Though I detest the maxim you have quoted from Rochefoucault, I do not blame you for rejoicing in your own ease and tranquillity. But surely you might do so, though I were not in love, and yet perhaps the idea of your own felicity would not have struck you so strongly if you had not then thought me miserable." They say it is in sickness that health is only valued. I fear there is a certain perverseness in human nature that enhances the value of every blessing from the privation of it. I had conceived an idea here, but fear I have not sufficiently expressed it. But what I mean is that as a friend is a second self, you have had the happy occasion of comparing the good and ill together without the sad experience of the latter. You see I am becoming a philosopher again, but alas, Louisa, my philosophy is literally the sport of chance, for I confess that the only happiness I am at present capable of enjoying is absolutely dependent on winds, tides, postboys, and a thousand other wayward contingencies. I very sincerely join with you in wishing, since you have not yet, that you may never feel the passion of love in an extreme degree, for I am firmly persuaded that it does not contribute much to the happiness of the female world. And yet, Louisa, I will frankly tell you that I am extremely grieved at some hints you have dropped in your letters which speak of a want of affection for Sir William. It is dangerous to sport with such sentiments. You should not suffer them to dwell even upon your own mind, much less express them to others. We ought not be too strict in analyzing the characters of those we wish to love. If we once come to habituate ourselves to thinking of their faults, it insensibly lessens the person in our esteem and saps the foundation of our happiness with our love. I am perfectly convinced that you have fallen into this error from want of reflection, and through what is called une manière de parler, for I will not suppose that my Louisa, though persuaded by her friends and solicited most earnestly by Sir William, gave him her hand without feeling in her heart that preference for his person and esteem for his character, which is the surest basis for a permanent and tender affection. I almost condemn myself for the severity of this stricture, but my Louisa's happiness is of too much consequence to mine to pass over an error that may destroy it unnoticed before she is aware. We are all wiser for others than ourselves, but let this pretense to sagacity be pardoned by an elder sister, as proceeding from the tenderest affection of hers. Most truly, 
F. Cleveland. P.S. Sir George holds his purpose and sets out in two days. I shall not accompany him, nor can I at present accept of your kind and soothing invitation. I mean that in the first part of your letter. I abominate your volatile idea of an Hibernian, or any other swain, as a remedy for hapless love. Adieu, my Louisa, and forgive me the matronly airs I have assumed in this letter, for I shall think myself extremely happy if, in the future correspondence of our lives, I do not make you more than amends, by affording you in your turn many opportunities of appearing as much wiser than I as you are in reality. End of Letter 8